0: Hi, welcome to the Mohua show. My name is Mohua Chinnappa, and I am an author, entrepreneur and ex-housewife. This podcast is about everything from business to technology to arts to lifestyle, but done and spoken, Iman Dari Hi, in today's episode, we have with us Ruby Chakravarti. She's a stand-up comedian in India. She was also a full-time mother and wife till she turned 40. We need to figure out why she says that. And then decided to become an
1: actor and a comedian. Welcome Ruby on today's episode. Hi, nice meeting with you. I mean, I really didn't think that little lunch we had together, but there was so much brainless conversation going on that we actually connect and have something really important to say to each other. But they say, you know, sometimes the universe conspires that uh, two like-minded people come together. So here we are. Absolutely. Thank you so much. So let's just start, uh, you know, with your
0: early years as a housewife and what made you quit becoming a full-time, you know, homemaker or who was Ruby Chakravarti before this?
1: Well, Ruby Chakravarti is always a maverick. I don't think I had space to be anything but a maverick. I was brought up to be a maverick because uh, my, my parents came from cross-cultural backgrounds. And I was the youngest in the Brat Pack. As I already explained to you, it was a toss between getting a puppy and having me. So then they decided to have me. As my mother said, it was a toss between ruining the carpet and ruining our lives, darling. You won. So, no, but jokes apart, I think we addressed a lot of stuff with humor. Uh, Both my parents were excommunicated from their respective very, very strong and um, uh, lineage of, you know... Mm. People who belong to certain religious backgrounds. So we were brought up without uncles, aunts. So that's them. Academia was very encouraged in my household. It was all uh, input equals to output. My father was a scientist, admi. So we were never allowed to say, "Oh, you know, ye किस्मत का खेल you know. You didn't. So and and we didn't follow any religion. We believed in God, but whichever we had a very strong moral system at home, you know. And that's what we followed. And I, when I look at things now, I'm so grateful for it. I really had parents who were there much before our time. Now Coming back to me, I didn't have the, ever have the space to say, I only want to be a housewife. I only want to be this. So when I was about two and three years old, when they'd ask me, you know, various friends of my parents or my, my mother would ask, she said, you know, when you grow up, what do you want to buddy? So I used to say, I want to be a mummy, you know. So they said, oh, so sweet and all that. By the time I was five, I started getting a few slaps on my head. Mummy, stupid. So then I started saying things like, I want to be an astrophysicist, an astronaut, you know. All the things I thought they wanted to hear. So, yeah. So But I think my secret wish was always to be a mummy, you know. Well, then I became a mummy. So uh, my husband and I met when we were very young. And of course, I thank my parents because they sort of insisted we finish our education and do a further education, threatening to call the cops and all, because we were just planning to run into the sunset together. So yeah, that was it. So I trained to be a lawyer because I had a big mouth. I had no head for numbers. I had uh, no, you know, brains for science. Itna bah- bolti hai, you talk so much. Become a lawyer. And a bloody one, good one at that. So I trained to be a criminal lawyer and I did work with a very large criminal law firm. Uh, so I was never a tra- traditional housewife, but I did definitely change streams. I changed streams, if that's what you're asking. So
0: today's podcast is mainly about sentence that stayed back from our lunch, you know, among so many other women, and a statement that you made that I saw there was vulnerability in your eyes and you know you traced back your life as your son coming out to be queer and how people blamed you for him choosing his own sexual orientation
1: well you know something i think children are children you know i mean people tend to blame oh you know you don't say oh he was dark so he became a murderer he was fair so therefore he was dumb so their sexual orientation does not have any say on who they are as people. So after some research, I found out that their sexual orientation is determined within three weeks of their conception that what is it they're going to like or prone to like. Now, of course, all this is so hush-hush and this happened, I think, because of 200 years of Victorian rule and, you know, everything being... But otherwise, India, you know, we were very open. We had a third community. We had gender fluidity, as they call now. We had all these things, you see. My son is an orangutan of a boy. He was always an orangutan of a boy. Even now, he's 63 inches tall with a mop of curly hair and the biggest brownest eyes you can ever see in your life. But I knew when he was, by the time he was five, that he was different. So, therefore, when parents say that they don't know, I wonder how. So... And I did give him the space because I know that he would dance vigorously to Choli K P Chekya and all. And the moment I came, he turned his uh, my dupatta into a turban. And I told him, you don't have to ever have to do that with me. You know, I love you, I adore you, and you can you can do whatever you want with that dupatta. You know, don't lie or don't. Uh, hide behind anything, because you feel you have to. Children don't listen, they learn, you know, by example. But I got married very young also, and then, you know, I was also, in a sense, when Adu was born, I would ask, and I would, you know, I would see that he was different, because he loved wearing my dupatta. He'd just have a t-shirt on, he'd be as naked as the day he was born down below, and Dupatta on my heel shoes and tapa, 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 you know, with all types of unsavory things hanging around the place. He would be all over the place. And I just let him be. So I remember at that time, a lot of people who I respected said, You know, you're so dominating. You know, you, you sort of dominate everything. You should learn to be little. You know, Imi, that's my husband. He doesn't have a say in anything. You know, send him out with Imi. Let him fly kites. Let him. Play football. You know, show him the manly things. And at 26, I didn't believe them. Of course, I said, go fly a kite. But I was vulnerable because I knew gay children get beat up in bars. They are ostracized. There are some people whose, whose way of being, whose very life is threatened by these children. When they see gay children, they get angry. They feel it's an anomaly. They feel it's a disease. They feel, I don't know what they feel. Or they're scared of their own vulnerability. Now you tell me something. Why in Bangkok and in Thailand are more than 50% gay and non-gay people? Because they're allowed to be gay. Maybe this is nature's own way of stemming the population, having putting different type of input. Nature does this, you know. So because we have to adhere to so many stupid rules that we made, we kill our children. We murder them.
0: So as a mother, when you were so young, how did you
1: put your emotions together? I was very strong. I led by example. I celebrated him and there's nothing not to celebrate. He, he did all his education, including from Warwick, all on a scholarship for heaven's sake. He's the most popular, He's beloved He's wonderful, you know. He's so sensitive and he's so talented. He's got a great sense of humor. He's got loads of friends. Why wouldn't I love him? I'm so lucky to have him. He chose me. You know what Khalil Gibran says? Your children come through you, but they don't belong to you. He chose me. They chose me. My son and daughter chose me. And boy, am I lucky. Because I manifested at three. I want to be a mummy. So I got to be the best mom. But I had trouble in his school. So I knew that I, though I lived next to a huge, very popular boys' school, I couldn't send him only to a boys' school. Though he had not shown any, you know, but I just knew. I don't know how, it's a mother's instinct. I sent him to a smaller school. And plus he was very, very, he got a very high IQ. So, you know, children like this have got very high IQ. Children like this have got, are very sensitive. They learn like this, are poets. What is like this? It's not an anomaly. He's a child with a high IQ. That's it. He happens to be gay. He could be no, not gay. So, yeah. So, I knew that I could send... when I, If I sent him to a school with a smaller number of children, uh, he'd be safer. He'd have more attention for his brain. I had to just find out ways and means of keeping him safe. Of telling him that boys can be raped too. You know? I belong to a prestigious club and... I know that as an eight-year-old, when he used to mince his way to get my him, me ice cream and him an ice cream, there used to be some old geezers, you know, whose eyes used to follow like that. And I used to think, oh my God, how can I keep him safe? As much as I thought for my daughter, how can I keep him safe? Because, you know, gay children bring out a huge amount of violence in non-gay people or people who pretend to be straight, or people, I don't know. It brings out. Like they call it anti-national. They call it anti-religion. They call it anti, you know. It's like kill you, murder you, finish you, dabaw you.
0: How much daboud were you in your emotions, Ruby? When you look back, remember any incident that you can share. Because it will really help a lot of our listeners. And we have a large number of listeners who are youngsters, who may not have the courage to come out. Mothers who may not have the courage to come out in smaller towns. And your conversation today is going to give them a lot of strength.
1: Well, in school, for one, I know in school, he was the head of the debating team. He was, everything was so good. And then when he walked past, I remember him sitting in the bathroom and saying, Mom, what rises with pansy? What rhymes with it? Tell me, anzy, handsy, tanzy." So I said, why, Bitta? Saying, no, what rhymes with pansy? So then I said, why? Tell me why. He said, a teacher called me. He's such a pansy and looked at me with disgust. So, I I feel that maybe she said something else and I misunderstood. I said, no, she said pansy. I said, you know what? You go to your principal and talk to him. I'm paying shitloads of fees. You go and you talk to him and say, this is what happened. And, uh, you know, he had not even decided what he was going to be. He was all of eight or ten years old. So, Of course, the principal didn't do anything. And when was this alleged remark made and all that? So I just wound my way to school. I said, I told him to come to you because I wanted him to stand up for himself. And if you're going to bring adults into this equation and going to bring that teacher here and say, is this the teacher you allegedly said, said these things to you? I said, he's going to say no. I said, you can't do this. I said, this is what you're going to do. I said, you have used my son to further your school in every respect. He's won every debate, everything. I said, this is the place where he needs support. I stood there and fought with him for, you know, everybody said, oh, he'll be given a TC. I called all his teachers down. I said, this is a time you need to speak for him. Of course, the principal left the school and so did the offending teacher. But the thing is, everybody says, don't make a noise, Ruby. Don't talk, Ruby. Don't do that. Like, please let it go. Just I just feel don't let it go. Because, you know, the whole world is there to bash up your kids. You're the only haven they have. I'm not saying support them in the wrong things, but you have to stand up for them. You have to stand up for your fluid gender, child or whatever other new wave thing. You have to stand up for your child. Nobody else is going to. And you have to make this normal, as the way they call it. Like all right-handed people are normal. All people who are heterosexual, no? Left-handed people are little. You know, 100 years ago, you'd be beaten black and blue if you wrote with your left hand or ate with your left hand, right?
0: It's considered the impure hand.
1: Absolutely.
0: Let's talk a little bit about your relationship with your husband, because obviously at many public gatherings, you must have been constantly, um, you know, told that, you know, you're, you speak your mind, you are definitely not the quintessential Indian woman. Yes. And, you know, you're tall and you do have an opinion and you've got a great sense of humor, which requires intelligence. Were there instances when you wanted to just dwarf yourself when you were younger?
1: It's, it's, you know, so much easier to do that, let me tell you. It's difficult to be me. You know, my life looks charmed and I'm grateful to the universe that, you know, I have this life. But it's difficult to be me. I have to stand up for myself, what I believe in, my family. I mean, my husband can't even make a roti hot. But he's bichara i me. Mean, you know what I'm saying? I'm a I'm an alpha mother, alpha wife, alpha female, alpha everything. But he's bichara. Why? Many times when I do a show and I come off, people tell him just control her, Yar. Control me. Control me, really. You know. <laughs> So I wag my imaginary tail at him and I go, woof, woof. But I feel after some time, they very insidiously telling me that he's not a man enough, you know. Hey, Rosco, you let her do all this. You let her see all this. So all the easy-goingness sometimes goes tough. We have to talk it over. We've been together since we're 13 years old and that's a huge thing, you know, so... You know we understand each other very well. We sometimes he completes my statements what is in my head, and that's scary. But it's tough. It's tough to be me. It's like I'm a quintessential ball chewer. That is why my son is gay. You don't understand because I'm so uh, outspoken and I'm so tough and I'm I'm such a ball chewer. Therefore, my son is gay. Are send them to play football, yeah, with him, me. Send them to play, you know, fly kites. That's how they gay shamed me. I want to tell all those gay children out there. You think it's tough? I said your parents maybe are really shaking in their pants because it's very tough for them. Because, especially the mothers, because you are wrong, baby. You did something wrong. You know. Your son, your puttar is gay. He's a you know the H word that they use in India. Oh my God! Tumara janani All these words that they use. ko Eve Ensler said, "Men are so vulnerable that their tears have hardened into bullets." That's why they shoot you rather than talk to you. What
0: is it that you would like to tell mothers who are equally in this entire journey of their children coming out? And some of the tips that you would like to give them because of course the child also goes through a lot of highs and lows. And it may not be easy for an ill-informed mother. And we have so many listeners across who may not have the courage to open up and speak and may not be articulate, may not have all the privileges that you have had. What would you like to share with them?
1: One I want to tell the mothers, Tumne usko janam hai. now whatever they say, 50 50%, you have given that blood, the bones, the DNA, everything, nine frigging months, you have carried that child. When they say, oh, he's so hands on. Mothers don't have a choice, We are 100% hands on all the time. You know, you have given birth to another human being, You have which is tone out of your body and come and you forget about it and ready to have a second one. You know your child the best. Be compassionate. Listen to them. Let the world go to hell. Let the bab go to hell. Let everybody else go to hell. You take your child and you be your child's solace. You be your child's anchor. You know, hote that when they go to commit suicide, apne dono ko saath mein leke, they jump into the thing with. how many times have you heard that? So I'm saying in a situation when you find your child is different, is what is considered different. Support them, be with them, just love them. I know I loved mine. I loved mine with all my heart and soul. And there's nothing that can take that place. He's so confident because he knows he's loved. He says ma, he doesn't have to say mama. You know, there's so many things in my life which I happily gave a second seat for. Everybody says, oh, Ruby, you should be in Bombay. You should do this. I've come here I've come here, you know. Be with them. Just love them because love is all you need. It sounds trite, but loving means supporting, being with them, seeing them, listening to them. And give them the courage of conviction. If you are bhadur, then your child also learns to be bhadur, you know. And you can only be bhadur when you love unconditionally. Thank you for being in today's episode. It was wonderful,
0: Ruby. Thank you so much. I'd never imagined that I would be sitting across and seeing tears, you know, welling up in your eyes when we spoke. I am really glad that you agreed to come for today's podcast. Thank you again.
1: Thank you very much for giving me this opportunity. I just want to tell you, I said like, like you found it. Uh, really amazing that somebody like me would have tears welling up in her eyes that is the impression we have of other people you know we put them in certain categories oh yay this one talks very well this one you know she must be strong he must no but there's a certain vulnerability in everybody and you know reaching out I, I wrote that in my column reaching out with integrity is the best way we end the episode with Ruby leaving the words Reaching out with integrity is
0: the best way. Thank you once again. Thank you. You're beautiful.
1: Thank you. You made my day.
0: To you, our dearest listeners, you can find us on your favorite streaming services, Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcast, and of course on all other major streaming services. With loads of love, we are The Mohua Show, where we talk Iman Dari